Space, the final frontier. This is the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. Its mission to explore the solar system, to seek out new observations and data, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. And now the host of the Observer's Notebook, Tim Robertson. Hello and welcome to episode 118 of the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. I'm Tim Robertson, studying and listening. The Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers collects and analyzes observations of various solar system bodies and associated phenomenon, and publishes detailed reports concerning these bodies in its quarterly publication, The Journal of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers, also known as The Strolling Astronomer. This podcast depends upon donations from you, our listeners, to keep it alive. If you really enjoy what you hear on the podcast, you can donate to it via Patreon. You can give as little as $1 a month. For If you feel even more generous, for $5, you receive early access to the podcast before it goes public. For a monthly donation of $10, you receive a copy of the Novice Observer's Handbook, which is the official handbook of the Alpo training program. And for $35 a month, you receive producer credits on the podcast. You can help us out by going to www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, dot slash Observer's Notebook. And if you join the Alpo, you can for as little as $18 a year. You can find us on the internet and do that at www.alpo-astronomy.org. And you can also find us on Facebook. Just search for ALPO Astronomy. And yes, this here podcast also has a Facebook page as well. Just search, search for Observer's Notebook. And if you enjoy what you hear and you don't want to miss an episode, please subscribe. That way you'll never miss one. And now, episode 118. And we're going to learn all about a couple upcoming eclipses in the next month. Hope you enjoy. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back to this edition of the Observer's Notebook podcast. We have with today with us today uh, from the ALPO Eclipse section, Keith Spring. Welcome to the podcast, Keith. Hello, Tim. Nice seeing you. Yeah, let's chatting with you too. Now, before we get into it, you're relatively new to the ALPO, right? Uh, yes, I joined in 2018 under the guidance of Mike Reynolds, the mm-hmm. previous coordinator of the ALPO. Um, okay. However, I've actually been working with eclipses a lot longer than that. Um, I started with eclipses back in 2004. Um, The October 27th total lunar eclipse was my first eclipse. And uh, actually that's, that's how I met Mike Reynolds. Um, He was on the news talking about the October 27th lunar eclipse, total Uh lunar eclipse. And uh, I got into contact with him after that. I'd been working with him for years. He was an amazing guy. Oh, yes. He's, he's a great dearly, man. Dearly missed. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you're, you're in Jacksonville, Florida? I am, yes. Okay. And uh, I, just, I hear you're going to school? Uh, yes. I'm currently going for my bachelor's degree in astrophysics. I'm about halfway done with that right now. I've already completed the calculus and um, differential equations classes, moving into the physics-based portion now. Great. What do you want to do with that? 
well, I'd like to work for NASA someday. <laughs> ah, all right. Well, we can always use more people and younger, the better right now, too. They're all, they're uh, all yeah. they all have gray hair right now. So it's kind of, <laughs> uh, that's yeah, awesome. I plan, I plan to be with Alpo for a long time and, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, love glimpses and love sharing that with others. Oh, fantastic. And you do some imaging as well, or? I do. Um, in the past, I used a four-inch apochromatic refractor, um, but I've I've moved away from that in recent years. For the uh, lunar and solar eclipses, I've been using a 200 mil, 250 millimeter uh, Canon telephoto lens. Um, I use those with my uh, EOS 80D camera. Okay. Um, I feel that the using a lens is just it's simpler, mm -hmm. and and since eclipses are transient phenomenon, you kind of have to be on your toes with them. Right. <laughs> the 2017 eclipse only lasted a little over two minutes, so you have to be quick with that. And um, setting up a whole telescope, getting it dialed in, it I don't know, it didn't it didn't feel quite right. So I just uh, I moved towards the camera method. Yeah, yeah. It, during a total solar eclipse is not the time to practice. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. <laughs> you better have it nailed down by then. <laughs> that is so true. I um, using the camera the way I did. It has image stabilization, so I actually put it on a um, a burst mode. Okay. So I over the two minutes and forty something seconds of the 2017 total solar eclipse, I got 850 pictures. Oh my God. Uh, yes. It was, it was quite a lot. Um, I had that on a tripod mount, but with the image stabilization, most of those turned out very well. And I had a few that were just absolute gems. Oh, nice. So, so where did you go for that eclipse? I went to Tennessee. Went okay. to, uh, where was that in Tennessee? That was uh Telco Plains, Tennessee. And um, great little town. Yeah. Um, I, a lot of people said there were going to be clouds because it's next to the mountains, but the mm -hmm. whole day was clear, surprisingly. I yeah, got I was, that one. Yeah, I was up in Madras, Oregon for it. It's pretty amazing there, too. A lot of people, though. It was crazy. Crazy, yeah. crazy. Yeah. I was kind of out in the middle of nowhere. There were maybe 200 people in the town, and that's who was there. Oh, well. I wish I would have been there. <laughs> that's nuts. <laughs> yeah. Now, just skipping ahead a few years, the 2024 eclipse. Where, do you know where you're going to be for that? Oh, the 2024 eclipse. Well, there's actually two eclipses there. There's there's the 2023 annual solar eclipse and then okay. the 2024 uh, total solar eclipse. Um, they both go over Texas, mm -hmm. and, and they're both pretty close to each other. Um. For those two, I'm not exactly sure where I'm going to go, but I do plan to drive out to Texas to see that. Yeah, I think that's where we're going to end up, too. I've got a friend of mine that moved to Texas last year, and I was I looked at where she lived and where the center line. I said, you should have moved 15 miles further east. <laughs> it would have been perfect. <laughs> but, no, she's going to be in a good spot for it as well. Yeah. All right. Well, today yeah. we're, we're here to talk about uh, two eclipses coming up within the next 30 days. Of course. Okay. Right. And the first, first one? We have the uh, one on May 26th, not too far away. Mm -hmm. yep, that one's going to be um, very interesting. It'll happen at 11-11 um, UTC. 
Um, I work mostly in UTC because it's easier to uh, convert time zones, but that's um, minus seven hours from Pacific Daylight Time, so that's 4.11 a.m. Pacific Time for uh, the uh, West Coast. And that's a total lunar uh, eclipse. That is a total lunar eclipse. Mm -hmm. It's visible from central and uh, western U.S. Um, it's also visible a little bit in southern uh, Alaska and out in Hawaii. Um, I won't get very much of it over here. I'll get the partial phase on the east coast. Mm -hmm. um, the totality for that one is 14 minutes and 30 seconds. So not very long, but not as short as it could be either. That seems awful short. Yeah, it is. Um, normally, they're quite a bit longer than that. Yeah. And uh, back in 2019, when we had that eclipse, um, totality was um, an hour and two minutes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 14 minutes, 30 seconds is pretty short. And uh, for that, for this one, it's actually... It doesn't go into the Earth's uh, penumbra very deeply. The Earth has um, Earth casts a shadow on the Moon for eclipses, mm -hmm. for lunar eclipses, and uh, there's an inner shadow and outer shadow. The inner shadow is the umbra, and the outer shadow is the penumbra. And uh, when it goes into the outer shadow, that's a uh, partial lunar eclipse. When it goes in all the way into the inner shadow, that's a um, total lunar eclipse. But um, it's it's very, very close to the edge of the okay. inner shadow. Um, it's, we have the um, umbral magnitude. 1.0 is all the way in the shadow, and it's a 1.0095. So it's very, very close to the edge. Okay. And uh, for that, the edge will be pretty bright compared to the, um, compared to the intersection, which should be... Uh, Quite dark, so there should be a very nice um, brightness gradient over the moon. Okay, it makes a nice engine. So it won't be completely red or whatever color it happens to be this time. It'll it'll, it'll right. have a tinge of brightness on one corner. You said right, right. Okay. Yeah, the um, yeah, the eclipse will be quite a bit brighter on one side than the other, and it should look pretty neat. Okay. Yeah, the nice thing about lunar eclipses too, anywhere the moon is visible. At that time, the eclipse is visible. Right. So right. that's what that's that's what you mean. You're going to only see uh, the partial faces from Florida is because the moon will be setting. Right. After that, yeah. Sadly, it's mostly visible over the ocean. So <laughs> if, if you have a boat and you can get out in the middle of the ocean, then that's, that'd be great. But uh, most of us on land, we have to have to handle what we can get. That's true. That's true. And, uh, yeah. So what type of observations yeah. are you looking to receive from people that see the eclipse? Well, as many as possible. Um, I like receiving observations of all phases of the eclipse, um, going into the partial, going into the total, in the total. I like having a, um, a, a great assortment of uh, different times during the eclipse. Um, that helps provide more data and better historical reference for what happened. What, when, you, when you say different times of the eclipse, what do you mean? Are we timing um, events? Yeah, when when the moon starts touching the outer shadow, 
um, when it's half covered, partially covered, um, when it starts going into the inner shadow and you see a, a dark cutout of the moon or, or when it's all the way in the eclipse. I like seeing um, images from, from the whole eclipse, not just from the total. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember years ago when I would do a lot of uh, lunar eclipse ob- observations for partial and total lunar eclipses, I did crater timings. I see. Is that something you do still do now? or? Um, I personally don't do that, but if, if you do that, I'll definitely publish it. Um, I, I like um, analytics of eclipses. It's, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, crater timings are if you are looking at a crater on the moon and the second the shadow touches it, you record that time. And then the second the shadow completely covers it, you record that time. And then just the reverse as the shadows pass completely over that crater, as soon as it starts to exit the shadow that time, and then when it completely exits that uh, crater. So it's, it's fun to do. It's a little science. You need a accurate time measurement to do that with. I always used... Uh, uh, um, um, the the Greenwich Mean Time clock, audio clock, and a tape recorder, and I would just listen to it that way, and then I'd re, you know play the tape recorder back and record the actual times. It's a great way to do it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I normally use a pencil and paper for these things. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever works, and you know, simpler is definitely easier. That's true for that type of thing. Yeah. yeah. Now, now. The, anything else you want to tell us about the lunar eclipse? Uh, this one, I mean, all lunar eclipses are just wonderful to see, even if you're not going to take pictures of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nice to go outside and just just have a look. These things are wonderful. And if you can have a, a great experience watching it, that's, that's worth a million dollars, you know? And um, even if you don't take pictures, write up your experience of it. Um, Explain how it made you feel. What do you think of it? And um, send that to the um, Eclipse section. And um, I don't think I've said the uh, Eclipse email yet. If you have any observations or um, reports or anything that you want to be published to the Eclipse section, or even just for archival, you can send it to eclipse at alpo-astronomy.org. Um, that is the direct email to the um for archival and publication. Okay, and I will add that to the show notes as well, so people can just click on that and right, send yeah. you any observations they might have. Now, the the actual the, the way the eclipse looks. I mean, every lunar eclipse I've ever seen has looked completely different. I mean, yes, I have seen some that look like a black hole in the sky where it was just so dark it went through the center of the shadow and there might have been volcanoes on the earth happening at the same time which caused you know <laughs> dust in the atmosphere which made it darker and things too but i've also seen them where it's just you know light red that's very true every eclipse is different every eclipse is unique and it all depends on the atmospheric conditions for total lunar eclipses and um Right now, I'm pretty sure there's less pollution due to um, less human activity on the planet. Mm-hmm. So there's, I'm not sure how that will affect the color of it. I don't, there's also that volcano erupting mm-hmm. in, uh, was that Iceland or Greenland? I think, yeah, I think Iceland, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that will affect it at all. That's um, true. But it's very dependent on the state of the Earth's atmosphere at the time. 
and uh, you can't really predict what it'll look like beforehand. We tried in 2017 and did it an all right job for the uh, total solar eclipse. Mm-hmm. Um, but these things are they're dependent on a lot of things that we can't measure, atmospheric effects and uh, other things of that nature. Right, right. Now, this lunar eclipse, two weeks after the lunar eclipse, we have another eclipse, don't we? That's true. We have an annual solar eclipse. And uh, that one's going over the North Pole. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how many people will be able to see the uh, annual portion of that. For those who don't know, an annual solar eclipse is very similar to a total solar eclipse. However, the moon is too far away from the Earth at the time to fully cover the sun. And um, it creates a, a ring around the moon. Um where uh, where not all the sun is blocked, mm-hmm. and um, that's what's known as an annular eclipse. This one's going over the very northern parts of Canada, and then all over the North Pole. Um, so if you're up the North Pole, uh, get some pictures and send them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know if we have any listeners in the North Pole. We have some in Alaska, <laughs> Canada, but I don't uh, think we have any. <laughs> so if they're if they can see it. A water, yeah. Does that include yeah. even even uh, the partial phases or? Um, the partial phases can barely barely be seen up in Maine and um, northern Canada, but it's really tough in North America to see it. There's not much. Okay. And um, on the Alpo Eclipse website, I have a list of the eclipses with the uh, Fred Espinac report. Mm-hmm. You can see the uh, path for yourself. Um, for that one, I'm hoping to get a lot of submissions of the partial. Um, a lot of people don't think about the partial phase of the total solar eclipse or an annual eclipse. They want to get to the center line and take as many pictures of that as possible. But this this partial is going over basically all of Europe, um, from everywhere from central Italy and oh. up should see it. Okay. Well, we so, do have listeners over there. Oh yes, we we do have listeners over there, and um, and members, <laughs> and members, yes. And for that eclipse, that's happening at. Let's see here. It's going from nine forty three a.m. UTC to eleven thirty three a.m. UTC. Okay. And UTC is very closely related to GMT. Um, so you can actually take that almost as the same thing and be within a minute or so. Yeah. Uh, okay. The uh, partial phase is two hours, four, uh, 12 minutes. So that should offer um, quite a bit of time for observing. Right, right, right. So any partial phases, you still want observations or photographs of, of that as well. Awesome. Definitely. Now, now and, um, for us to have a lunar eclipse and a solar eclipse within a month of each other. Is that common? That is extremely common. It happens every time. Um, We go through what's called an eclipse season. Um, Twice a year, the orbit of the moon is in line with the orbit of the sun. And um, it's only at those times of the year when eclipses can happen because they have to line up properly. Now, the eclipse season lasts 35 days, and the moon's orbit is 29 and a half days. So it gives it a little more 
than uh, one full rotation around its orbit mm. to, uh, to make eclipses. So that gives us two eclipses, and on very rare occasions, we can have three. Uh, but when we have three eclipses, generally it's one eclipse that's not very good, then an eclipse that's excellent, then an eclipse that's not very good. Like um, last year, in 2020, we actually had two triple eclipses. Oh, wow. We had um, we had three in the beginning of the year and then three later in the year. That's quite interesting. Next time that'll happen is... Uh, when is that? I think around five, five or six years. I wrote it in the in the um, the last journal, okay. the last Apple journal of uh, 2020. I think that was 62 dash four. Okay. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And it kind of makes sense too because for eclipse to happen, the Earth, Sun, and Moon have to be aligned perfectly. Exactly. Exactly. And and if it, it's a lot, if it's aligned for a full moon, they're going to be aligned for the new moon as well. Correct. So that's and that's basically how it works. That's interesting, really interesting. Now, are are you one of those eclipse chasers? Um, sometimes. Yeah. Well, what's sometimes. the furthest you've you have traveled for a, a solar uh, the eclipse? First, the furthest I've I've gone was to Tennessee. Okay. Um. That's the only total solar eclipse I've seen. I saw oh. I saw uh, two other partial solar eclipses, um, but the 2017 was my only total solar eclipse so far. They're addicting, aren't they? They are. They are very addicting. Yeah, my wife, one wife, when we went to Oregon, she was like, "Oh yeah, we can go watch it." She didn't think anything big about it. And as soon as it was over, she was, "When's the next one? <laughs> I want to go." I said, "Chili." She was, "Okay, let's go." <laughs> we didn't go, but it's she's got <laughs> oh. the bug. She's got the bug as well now. Yeah, I wish I could have got down to Chile, but yeah, that's that's a long way away. That's a yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, anything else on this uh, annular eclipse you want to talk about? Uh, yes, I would like to see um, a lot of partial observations. Make sure you wear eclipse glasses and have eclipse filters mm-hmm. on your cameras and things. Um, it is still the sun, and mm-hmm. even though it's a partial eclipse, or if you're at the North Pole an annular eclipse, it's still too bright to look at, and it's it is necessary that you wear the eclipse glasses or you will go blind. It's it, half, Looking at half of the sun is just as bad as looking at the whole sun. So wear your eclipse glasses. Oh, yeah, it's, it's the same <laughs> for a total eclipse. I mean, not until the sun is completely covered. Yeah, for that few, can you take those few gla- minutes. Yeah, can you take the glasses off? I mean, uh, once you take glasses off and it's total, it's amazing to see. But Actually, I have a funny story about that. When I was observing the... Uh, 2017 total eclipse. I was so just rapturous about it. I wasn't thinking about anything. Mm-hmm. I was just taking pictures and looking up at the same time. And my eyes started to burn and I realized, wait, I should stop looking at this. It's, it's <laughs> ending. It's, it's a good 10 seconds passed over and, and it's, it's ending. Oh. And oh. then I looked down at my camera and I realized, Oh, my camera's still pointing at it. So I put the, filter back on it and then later i realized i had a burn spot in the back of my camera oh no and that, that was maybe 30 seconds after oh yeah after, so you gotta be you have to be really careful with equipment yeah. and um and your eyeball and your eyeballs <laughs> yes yeah yeah I, I was talking to one friend of mine who who's done a lot of eclipse chasing and he got to the point where he would just the eclipse would start 
and his eye was to the camera and he would just start clicking away. And he said, there was one eclipse years ago. He didn't look up and look around. And wow. at that point he said, I'm never, ever doing that again. He goes, I will take photographs, a few at the beginning, a few at the middle and a few at the end, but I will take the time to step back from the telescope and look around. That's how I started in the beginning of 2017 eclipse. I, I was on the camera taking pictures and then I just forgot about it and just started looking. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was wonderful. Yeah. But it's, um, just talking about total solar eclipses, if it's something that it's going to happen in your area or if most people, if you have to travel a little ways to go see it, like the one I was mentioning in 2024, that's going to be a nice one, a little bit longer than what we had in 2017. Definitely do whatever you can to get your, get yourself on the center line. Yeah. The uh, 2024 eclipse, that'll be great. And I'm, I'm going to go there. It'll, that one is four minutes, 29 seconds. Yes. Yeah. It's like so, twice as long as 17. Yeah. It's about twice as long. So that'll be, that'll be a great one. Great. And I'll, I'll, I'll definitely go see that. Yeah. And awesome. uh, if the eclipse is near you, you go see it. It's worth it. Mm-hmm. Make sure you go somewhere where the weather's good. <laughs> All right. If you can't see the sky, then uh, back in 20, I think it's 2010 or 2012. I tried to see a lunar eclipse and um, oh man, it was just cloudy all over and there was just nothing I could do about it. Yeah. Yeah. The same friend of mine I was talking about went to Hawaii for an eclipse and he got clouded out over in Hawaii, but at least he was in Hawaii. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we have the May 26th total lunar eclipse. Um, like you said, it's not visible completely throughout the entire continental U.S., um, but it is visible uh, from the Midwest to the West. Something else I'd like to add is it's also visible in Australia and New Zealand, so if there are any viewers and listeners out there... Yeah, we have listeners down down under. Down under, get some pictures. Yep, definitely. Definitely. The annual solar eclipse, it's... uh, visible in most almost all of europe mm-hmm. so, so if you're if you're there great opportunity just go outside and get some pictures well and that's, and that, and that's the reason we're discussing this on, on this podcast even though we're both in the continental united states i have listeners all over the world so right. those of you in in in, in europe and uh, elsewhere where the clips will be visible please submit your observations to keith and all the information for sending them to him uh the email addresses are going to be in the show notes, along with uh, an easy download PDF file that's, that I have online that shows the actual path of the eclipse and how much of the sun you can see in different areas. And it also includes the, uh, the lunar eclipse as well. So it's, it's, it's a lot of interesting information on that, on that file. So go ahead and download that when, when you're done listening to this. All right. Oops. Well, is there anything else you'd like to chat about, Keith? Definitely. Another eclipse I'd like to point out is a partial lunar eclipse on November 19th. Uh, This one's a bit farther away. It's in the next eclipse season. But it is so close to a total. It is so, so close to a total lunar eclipse. Earlier I talked about the um, May 26th eclipse. 
and it having an umbral magnitude of 1.0095. The uh, November 19th eclipse has an, an umbral magnitude of 0. 0.9742. Oh, my goodness. So it's it's almost there. It should have um, – it'll be brighter than the May 26th lunar eclipse, but it is visible in the whole United States. Mm-hmm. And um, parts of it are visible in South America and over in uh, East Asia as well. Um, that one's definitely worth looking at. Even though it's a partial lunar eclipse, it's so close. Um, I'm definitely going to go out and take pictures of it. Well, definitely. And to remind people, why don't you come on the podcast in a few months and we'll do one specifically on that eclipse as well. I can do that. And you can talk about any observations you might have received for the two this month at that time. All right. I can definitely do that. Good. Sounds like fun. All right, Keith, you got anything else for us? I don't. Well, uh, if you're submitting images and reports, send them to the uh, eclipses, eclipse at outpostronomy.org contact. And um, make sure you put put your name so I can give you credit for the uh, observations and... um, Again, it doesn't have to be, they don't have to be pictures. You can also send just observations or reports or just how you feel about it. Mm-hmm. And um, if you need to get into contact with me personally to uh, talk about eclipses or ask questions, you can email me directly at star.man13 at hotmail.com. Sounds good. And uh, yes. All right, Keith. Well, right. I want to thank you for coming on the podcast today. Well, definitely. I'm glad to be here and uh, look forward to coming back sometime soon. Great. We'll do it for this episode of the Observer's Notebook Podcast. Again, I want to thank Keith Spring for coming on and give us an update on the two upcoming eclipses. Please get out there and observe them if they are visible in your area and send in your observations and reports and photographs. We upload a new episode of the Observer's Notebook on the 1st and 15th of every month. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. If you do, please rate and review us. I really appreciate it. You can also listen to us on Apple Radio, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, and Amazon Echo. You can support the podcast by donating to it via Patreon. You can give up to $35 a month, where you will receive one year's membership to the Oppo and producer credits on the podcast. And with that, I want to thank the producers of this podcast, Steve Seedentop and Michael Moore, for their continued generous support of the Observer's Notebook. Thank you very much. The link for Patreon, the link for the ALPO, is in the show notes. And if you'd like to get a hold of me, you can at cometman at cometman.net through the email or on Twitter at, at ObserversNBPod. Until next time, my hope is you always have clear and steady skies. Thanks for listening.